Hey there, and thanks for listening to our podcast. Our mission at Hope is to invite everyone to find Jesus and help them move toward the center of God's purpose for their life. Here's this weekend's message. We'll welcome all of our campuses, all of you watching online, all of us here at, at Frisco East Campus. Man, it's good to see you guys, and I hope you had a great, great Thanksgiving. Can you believe now Christmas is right around the corner? And, and let me just remind you, Christmas Eve, one of our biggest services of the year, in fact, Easter and then Christmas Eve, um, thousands and thousands of people across all of our campuses. Let me just uh, ask you, again, if you would just RSVP for that, you can do that on our app, you can do that uh, online. Um, one of the services we have uh, the, uh, the 23rd and the 24th. Um, so we'd love to make room for everybody. And that's the reason we do this. We don't, for no other reason except to make sure that nobody just comes at five o'clock on Christmas Eve. And then there's no parking and there's no play. And then you're mad and then you leave the church and then I have to pray for you. So, so if you could just um, do this for us, that'd be great. And it makes room for tons of, of guests. And I encourage you to invite some family that may be visiting with you in town. It's a very traditional service. We don't do anything crazy. Nobody's flying around in here. Um, I don't do anything crazy. I don't say anything crazy. It's, it's, it's a, just a good traditional Christmas service. Well, candlelight, and then we'll end with uh, Silent Night. So I invite you to come and do that. Also, <clears throat> in two weeks, December uh, the 10th and 11th is our last Prosper Give for the year as far as that big weekend. So if you can join us and, and be a part of that financially, we'd love to, to build this thing debt-free by, by the end of next year. And it's going to take all of us doing that together. So pray about what maybe you could give extra over and above what you regularly give on that weekend or that month. That's going to start that uh, last prosper give. Now, uh, how many enjoy Christmas movies? Um, how many enjoy Christmas movies? Let me see your hand. So <clears throat> how many know Christmas comes around, excuse me, as I choke up about Christmas. I just love Jesus so much. <laughs> um, uh, Christmas rolls around every year, right? And, and then you start the, the music, the carols, the, the Christmas uh, uh, movies. Most of us, now a few, occasionally there are some new movies that come out. Now, I'm not talking about Hallmark. That really didn't count as movies, and they're fine, but that's not like a movie. That's like a, I don't know what it is, but it's, it's different. Um, there's just a few that are new that come out every once in a while, but how many have seen a, movie, a Christmas movie like 10 times or more? Like this, this, this season, I've seen White Christmas, I think, four or five times. And, and, and when you do that, because I've seen it so many times, it's my favorite Christmas movie, and I love all of them, but, or most of them, but... Uh, Elf is another one I've seen multiple, multiple times. And you can just watch it over and over again, and you know what's getting ready to happen, but you still watch it. Well, um, you can do that, but yet do other things. So I can go to bed with, with white Christmas on, and I can lay my head on the pillow, and I can close my eyes, but I can picture what's going on as I hear it because I've seen it so many times. Here's my point. The Christmas story for some of us is like, uh, yeah, I already know that. I've seen the movie. I've been there, done that. And, and we tend to turn off just a little bit because we have heard it all. And I know, we've all heard it all. Everybody in this room probably knows the Christmas story. Uh, we know about the shepherds. We know about wise men. We know about Mary and Joseph. We know about, uh, you know, Bethlehem. We know whatever, right? We, we know the story. 
But I, I want to invite you to not watch the movie for the 20th time. I want to invite you to open your heart for what, what may be new, a little bit new for you. Um, and every time I get to study uh, for Advent series, it, it's exciting for me because, how, okay, how can we say this just a little bit different? How can, how, what, what can I, and this is mainly, you know, for me as I read, uh, and I've read this story even this season many, multiple times in Luke chapter 2, multiple times, just going over and over. What is it there? What's there? What's there that, because I've done this for years now, doing Christmas series and Advent series and, and, and picking out something new or, or different is, is, is relatively hard. But I think this, this season we're going to do that. Um, let me just start with Advent. Many of us know what the Advent is, but Advent season is the arrival of Christ, his first coming. We look back at that, and it's also a season in which we look forward to the second coming. We did a series just uh, last month on um, end times in the second coming of Jesus. We look forward to that. For hundreds, even thousands of years, this has been celebrated, Advent. Looking back at Jesus' coming, his first coming as a Christ child, and looking forward to his coming as a king in, in the future. And that's Advent. Now, the series for us, as we start this weekend, The Art of Christmas. And it's <clears throat> talking about really how God has orchestrated the art of Christmas and the story of Christmas in such a way that you just couldn't make it up. It is so intricately tied to the Old Testament prophecies, as well as the story of, of the first century and the coming of Jesus' first coming, his birth, and, and how that ties into us, and how the, every, little, every little story ties in back to us and the gospel. And, and then every, every week, we're going to visit some artwork of one of our staff members, Faith Morgan, Josh Morgan. He's, he's the spiritual growth pastor here, groups pastor. His wife is on our team as well. She's on the creative side. And each week, she has drawn something different. And for this weekend, it's a shepherd and a sheep. Don't be afraid. And that's our theme for today. Don't be afraid. Now, we're going to start. Here's where we're going as a roadmap for the series. Today is Don't Be Afraid. Next week, we're going to talk about I Bring You Good News. Week three is Rejoice. Week four is Where Is He? Week five is have I seen or I have seen your salvation, and this is Christmas Eve. And I've never taught on this passage before. In my recollection, um, and I could be wrong, but but I, I, it's been it's been years if I have. I've never taught on this passage. That'll be Christmas Eve, and excited about this series. But today, don't be afraid. Let's go to Luke chapter two. This is the Christmas story, and I think we're going to read this every week leading up to Christmas Eve. Luke chapter 2, it's traditionally called the Christmas story, verse 1. At that time, the Roman emperor, Augustus, decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. This was the first census taken when Quirinius was governor of Syria. All returned to their own ancestral towns to register for this census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. He took with him Mary, to whom he was engaged, who was now expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. 
That night, there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiant of the Lord's glory, radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said. Now let's go to verse 13 and finish the story. Come back to don't be afraid. Suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, glory to God in highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. When the angel had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby lying in the manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. Now let's talk a little bit, before we get into Don't Be Afraid, the shepherds. It's an interesting study if you look at shepherds because there's a little bit of, of back and forth with the first century shepherds. In other words, there's some historical documents that would lead you to believe that, that shepherds uh, were the downcast, ultimate, I mean, totally the, the least of the least in that, in that caste system or whatever in, in Israel at the, in the first century. They were dirty. They were, um, you know, kind of in the same realm as prostitutes in Israel. Okay, that's the way they were viewed. Now, you look at other thoughts and, and considerations, and, and that's not exactly the way in which they're portrayed. They were lower class in the sense of they weren't high class. They weren't middle class in Israel. They were the kind of the lower end of the spectrum, but they were not despised. They were not in the category of the despised like lepers or um, prostitutes in the day. And the, one of the reasons that I found interesting about why some theologians and some historical thoughts are that they weren't really outcasts is because of how God relates himself as a shepherd. Psalm 23, the Lord is my what? Is my shepherd. Jesus, how many times did he say, I am the good shepherd? So there's this a little bit of controversy in how shepherds are mainly looked because Jesus identifies himself as a shepherd. God identifies himself as a shepherd. So we'll look today at the shepherds in the first century and what were they like? Their identity was simple. There's no question about that. Ordinary. They didn't come from a higher class of, 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 the, of the day, but they came from the lower class class of the day. But the interesting thing about the shepherds in Bethlehem, it is thought or believed that those shepherds are the ones who tended the sheep for temple sacrifice because of the proximity of Bethlehem to Jerusalem. I've been there. Bethlehem and Jerusalem are very close. And to this day, there are shepherds' fields in Bethlehem, just like there were back in the first century. It's amazing. These, these, I mean, just acres and acres of, of land and, and little indentions, almost like cave-like things, where probably Jesus was born in, in one of those. We're not sure. Maybe it was a, a wooden structure, like a barn-type thing, or maybe it was a cave where they, the shepherds would 
put the sheep in and then block off the front of it. Anyway, um, the, it was thought that the shepherds of Bethlehem tended the sheep for sacrifice in Jerusalem. Interesting that Jesus would be born, obviously, in Bethlehem, and that the shepherds who would go visit him were the very shepherds who tended sheep to remove the sins of the people of Israel. And they would see the baby who would eternally and once and for all remove the sins of the people who would believe in him. It's an interesting thing. And then the shepherds, of course, would be the first, the very first in history to share the story of Jesus. It's an interesting thought. And, and then when the angel comes to them while they're minding their own business in the shepherd's fields, in Luke chapter 2, verse 10, it says, but the angel reassured them, don't be afraid. Now, that's an, that's an easy thing for them to say. But if you are visited in your bedroom, or let's say you're sitting on the deck and, uh, of your back porch, and, and all of a sudden an angel appears to you, how many might be a little afraid, a little freaked out, right? That's exactly. And almost every time an angel appears, they say, don't be afraid. Now, this, this, this don't be afraid is, an, is a very important part, I think, of, of the story, Fear is, a, is a, a real known thing for us. We fear a lot of things. Some of us fear heights or snakes or, you know, some, something like that. There's a, there's a natural kind of fear. But, but I want to give you some levels of fear spiritually that I think are involved in this story. I'm going to go by levels. Level one fear is the angel. And what I mean by that is supernatural this is, this is a, and I'm not just talking about the physical of this, I'm talking about the spiritual side of this, that the shepherds, I'm going to guess, go out on a limb, that they've never seen an angel before. I'm going to guess that they've never been talked to like this before. But they yet are watching firsthand a supernatural visitation of God. Have you ever those times when God speaks to you and you know it's God. I mean, it, maybe you're in a service <clears throat> and it feels like the speaker is talking directly to you. I mean, you walk out and you go, wow, how did they know? Maybe you've been studying scripture or you have been in a home group or <clears throat> something of that nature and somebody says something and it speaks right to you. Maybe you're at a conference or a camp and, and the speaker or somebody says something and you know, maybe you're praying by yourself and you know that you know God is speaking to you. And it is a supernatural whisper. It is a supernatural revelation of God in your heart, in your life. Now, this is where I want us to, to kind of land. is not just the physical part, like, oh my goodness, a supernatural being, but, but, uh, but uh, when God speaks to us, there are some reactions. There's some, there are some things that we do because when that happens, some of us respond. Some of us are like, oh, God, yes, your servant is listening. Or some of us freak out. We're like, oh, okay, wait a minute. This is weird. This is spooky. How did they know? I don't know about this. And, and I, this is where I want us to kind of think about. Some of us fear God speaking to us. I, I mean, I just want to mind my own business. I'm just doing my life. I come to church. I believe. But I don't want any 
crazy stuff going on. I don't want God speaking to me because I don't want him telling me to do something. I just want us to be good and then I'll go to heaven. Well, that's not what revelation is for. When when God speaks, and maybe this is before you ever came to Christ, and maybe some of you here, you're you're, you're not yet believers. You're interested, you're curious, but you're not yet believers. And there's gonna possibly become a time in which you go, wow, I think I believe this. I'm going to accept the invitation that that God gives, offering Jesus as a sacrifice for my sins so that I can be forgiven, so that I can have abundant life and I can have eternal life. There's going to be a time in which you do that. That's, That's a supernatural revelation. And many of us fear that. Many of us are or, or like, let me put it on the screen. We, we tend to run from it. We, we ignore it or we disregard it. And many times you've been in a service perhaps before you were a, a, a Christian, before you were a Christ follower, and you ignored the invitation. You ignored the call. You ignored what God was speaking, and you, yet you felt it in your heart, but you ignored it. Or maybe you're a believer and God's speaking to you about something and you're like, that's not God. You, typically, that's about money, right? You feel like I'm talking about money, I'm talking about Prosper Cam, and God puts a number on your heart and you're like, that's not God. <clears throat> that kind of fear, that kind of like resistance, that's level one fear. The resistance of anything spiritually outside of just belief, and you're like, no, I don't want any part of that. I don't want God speaking to me. I just don't, I don't know how I feel about that. That's level one fear. Level two fear is spiritual engagement. In other words, if God is speaking to you, if God's revealing himself to you in some form or fashion, then, then there's a response there's an engagement that is required. And, and many of us, our first thought is, I'm not worthy. And the shepherds could have been thinking, why us? Why are you coming to us? This is weird. Who, why, who are we that you would want to speak to me? And many of us have that same response because you know your life. You know how you live. You know how you have lived. Even as a believer, you're, you're, I mean, you're, you're barely escaping the fires of hell. Because, you, know, you know, I'm kidding about that, sort of. But many of us would say, I'm not worthy of God calling me to do anything. I'm not wor- worthy of him speaking to me. And, and that would lead us to really true condemnation that, that, that I can never be free from what I've done. And you ask any of the disciples, you ask any of the prostitutes that Jesus talked to, You ask any of the tax collectors that Jesus talked to, and this would be their story, I did not think I could be used, but Matthew, who would change the world through his gospel, was a despised sinner in the Jewish culture. Condemned, not worthy, but God would use him as he did all the other disciples and as he does with you and me. Now, maybe it's not either one of those. Maybe you're like Moses and you're just excuse making. I'm too old. Uh, you know, I, I've done my time. I, I've served and, and it's time for these younger whippersnappers to, 
to take the leadership responsibility. I'm done. I just want to enjoy my life. I just want to enjoy retirement, so to speak, spiritually. And I just, or maybe you're just too busy. Or maybe you just got too, John, you don't know, or God, it doesn't matter about me. God, I'm too busy. I've got too many things going on in my life. It's, you know, it's just, there's too much. I got too much drama in my life already. I can't, that, that, that's that kind of thing. And it leads us to say some things to the Lord like, I'm not sure I want to engage. This might change my life. I've got my own plans. And if you're a college or a high school student, maybe even a middle school student, you're listening to me, a lot of these, a lot of these are, and I know it's not in a spirit of rebellion most of the time. It's just in a spirit of selfishness. It's in a spirit of like, hey, I've got my own plans. I'm going to make my money. I'm going to bump my and maybe the Lord has other plans for you, but you've got your own plans and his call or his ask or engagement of any kind might change your life and you're not ready for that. That's level two fear. I just don't, I just don't want to engage with what God is doing. I don't want to engage with what he's speaking. I want to be a Christian. I want to go to church, but I want to have my life. And I want to separate those two as best I can so that nothing weird happens. Level two, fear. Level three, fear, is spiritual responsibility. If the Lord is speaking and the Lord is inviting you to do something, then there is a level of responsibility. In other words, God is calling me. God is inviting me. God is expecting something from me. And, and this is a level three fear, like, like I know that this is going to change everything. And, and I don't know. I, I just, again, it's, it's like engagement, except this is more like you either say yes or no. And I think that some of us are there. Some of us in, in, the, in the area of the shepherds hearing the angels speak, and they're first like scared of the supernatural, scared of what's going on. But then there's possibilities of, I'm not worthy. Why, why are you coming to me? Or what do you want us to do about this? Nobody's going to listen to us. Or I've got my sheep to tend. I've got my company to run. I've got my family to run. Does this make sense? And I, and I, I really think this is, in particular, of course, if you're not a believer, I really believe the Lord's going to speak to you. But, but in my thinking right now, I think this is more of a message for believers who are like sitting on the sidelines of what God is wanting you to do and you're making excuse after excuse after. I'm not even talking about just at hope. I, I, I'm not even, this is not a message to get you involved in something except what God is speaking to you. And I think many of us are sitting on the sidelines and many of us have been sitting on the sidelines for years. And we love God. We believe in Jesus. The Christmas story, we love Christmas. We love carols. We love communion. We love, uh, we love it all. But we're not doing anything in the realm of engagement with God. We're not doing really anything in the area of responsibility. And I think it matters. Now, incidentally, 
when, when the angel in, in Luke chapter 2, you just go up a few passage, or a few verses, when he comes to Mary, the first, first person the angel comes to is Mary. Mary is a teen, probably a teenager, a Jewish teenager, teenage girl, and she's minding her own business. She's engaged to be married, but not married yet. And then an angel comes to her room. Again, what would the angel say to her? Don't be afraid. And let me tell you something. I don't believe it's don't be afraid because I'm an angel and I'm freaking you out right now. I mean, that's, a, that's a part of it. Don't be afraid of what I'm getting ready to say to you because it's going to change your life. It's going to change everything about what you thought your life would be. But don't be afraid. Matthew chapter 2, he then goes to Joseph, who she's engaged to. And he's like, she's telling him, hey, the angel came to me and says, I'm going to have a child, but it's not of you. It's going to be of the Lord. And Joseph's like, right. No, no. And he's not a bad guy, so he's going to secretly call this thing off. And then the angel comes to him. And what would the angel say to him? You guys are, First Baptist would never be able to say these things. <laughs> you guys, Chuck needs to be a better teacher. You, <laughs> you know, I'm kidding. I love First Baptist. Don't be afraid. The angel says the same thing to him. Don't be afraid. Not because I'm an angel. Don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife because I'm going to do something you would never believe. Don't be afraid of the adventure. Don't be afraid of the ask. It's okay. So one of the opposites of fear is peace. <clears throat> now there's faith and the courage, of course, but when we're in a, a fear uh, place, right, and this could be physical or whatever, when, when you're off of that high place, right, if you're afraid of heights and you're off of that balcony or you are off of that, you know, skyscraper thing and everybody's, you know, trying to get you to bungee jump, and you're like, no. And then you come down to the ground. How many know there's like a, whew, okay. I'm at what? I'm at peace. Now, when we say, this is what I believe, and I believe scripture backs this up. When we say yes to the Lord, what even if it's hard, what comes with that is peace. Level one peace, right, is salvation. And this is in the story. So let me read Luke chapter two, verse 14. Because this is the shepherd. Now, we're still in the shepherd story. Luke chapter 2, verse 14, it says, Glory to God in the highest heaven. These are the angels, uh, armies of heaven's angels. And, and they're singing, And peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. Peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. There is a peace that comes with saying yes to God. Romans chapter 5 uh, verse 1 says it like this, Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, in other words, we receive by faith what he's done, we have what? Peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. See, God invites us into relationship just like we are, just like he did the shepherds. We don't have to be special. We, we don't have to come from a pastoral background or, you know, I, I was not that way. We don't have to be perfect, just like the shepherds who were ordinary, even lower class. 
I mean, listen, guys, I, I know most of you know my story, but I, I, I was born, I was conceived out of wedlock to a, probably a teenage girl. I'm, you know, probably 18, 19 years old. And she couldn't take care of me and so gave me, gave me up for adoption. And by God's art and orchestration, I get placed in the perfect home for me where I would be raised in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. But I didn't come from a pastor's home. I didn't come from a rich man's home. Dad worked his tail off, worked at the same company for 53 years. Didn't make a whole lot of money either. He, was, he could have made so much more money. Everybody was wanting because he was good at what he did. He could, take, he could take anything apart, put it back together, just like me. <laughs> and if you know me, you know that's not true. It's obvious in that realm that I was adopted. <clears throat> but I just say this to say that this call to salvation if you want peace in your life of in, in any shape, form, or fashion, if you want peace, the only way to true peace is if you say yes to God. Is if you say yes to this Christmas story, not because it's a fantasy or some fairy tale, but you say yes to what Jesus was born into and what he would live, perfect life, the, one that, the way in which you and I could not live. And he paid the price for our sins on the cross. He took upon himself our sins. And then he rose from the dead so that we could have eternal life. If you put your faith in that, there's peace that comes with that. And I'll never forget, I mean, my mom, this is a small church in Combs, Texas, down in South Texas. Little bitty, bitty church. I mean, probably 10 rows of pews on each side. And on the front row on a Sunday night, my mom told me the story of Jesus and how he died for me. And I was five years old. I mean, what sin was I committing, Right? Probably some, but, but it, it was a revelation. It was, like a, if, it was just as if an angel were there, right there. And I knew, I understood what Jesus did for me, and I accepted Jesus, and I've never been the same since. And there's been a peace, there's a peace. Now, that doesn't mean that there's not, I, I, I was perfect. doesn't mean I've been perfect. I'm not perfect. But there's something about this level one peace, and it starts there. And some of you, have never received level one peace. Some of you are sitting right now going, man, I wish I had that. I wish, I, man, I've got so much going on in my life. I'm so screwed up. I'll never get that. No, there, no, let me just tell you. It's not about you and what you've done or haven't done. It's about him and what he's done. And when you accept what he's done, Romans 5.1, because of what Jesus has done, you will have peace. There's a, it is a peace that passes understanding. Now, level two peace is action. Level two peace, it's in the story. Verse 15, chapter two says, when the angel had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, let's go. There, there's something that we do. When we receive what God's saying to us, we receive that revelation. Then he says, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. Now, they could have stayed in the fields. The angel didn't give them specific instructions. He just said, hey, this is what's happening. And they said, hey, let's go. There's an action to this faith. Joel, uh, Job chapter 22, it's an Old Testament book. 
It's a really, really hard book to read, but Job at the end of it, or in the middle of it actually, says in Job chapter 22, submit to God and you will have peace. This, this taking action, this surrendering, saying, man, yes to the Lord, I'm going to engage. In other words, that level two fear was engagement. Level two peace is action. It's actually saying yes to the engagement. It's actually saying, yes, I want to grow. Yes, I want to be what God wants me to be. I want to be where he wants me to be. I want to do what he wants me to do. I don't want to make my own plans. I want to say yes to him. And I want him to be the Lord, Jesus when he talks about lordship, talks about it like this in Luke 9, when he said to the crowd, if any of you wants to be my followers, you must give up your own way. There's no, there's no way around this. You can't just have it both ways. It's, it's his way or no way. Take your cross daily and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. I want my life. I want to be a Christian. I want to be a part of the you know, followers of Jesus, but, but I want my own life. I want to do what I want to do. I want to go where I want to go. You will lose it. But if you give up your own life or your life for my sake, you will save it. And what do you benefit? If you gain the whole world, guys, if you don't hear anything else, what if believers are, are, are not yet believers, if you gain the whole world but you lose your soul, what have you benefited? Guys, there's nothing like being right with God. There is a peace that comes with saying yes to him, not just to salvation, but to action. And if you've been in this distracted state in your life, if you have known the way but yet been on the sidelines, here's the middle of where God wants you, and you've been on the sidelines saying, I'm going to keep my distance because I'm a little freaked out at anything that God would speak to me. I don't want to engage I don't want to take action. I just want him to leave me alone. You have no idea what you're missing. Any plans that you could conceive on your own are not even in comparison to what the Lord has planned for you. If you'll say yes. If you've been distracted or if you've fallen into a pattern of sin and you don't feel like there's any way out, repent, renew your commitment, and let's have some action. Let's take action. Level three, peace, and we'll be done, is adventure. Shepherds didn't just go to see Jesus. Luke chapter 16, or chapter two, verse 16. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph there. Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby lying in the manger. After seeing him, now here's the adventure. They went into the town. And they told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. They weren't like, hey, who are you guys? What? You guys are nuts. You guys are crazy. No, they were astonished. Because they, they, they listen, they couldn't help themselves. When God reveals himself to you and you accept that revelation, and you take action upon it, there's an adventure that happens and you can't help it. You, you can't help but let your light shine. And, and maybe you're here today and you've lost your sense of adventure with God. And I think I'm speaking to a ton of us today. We, we are so distracted. 
by the world, and not even bad things of the world. I want to say that. I'm not talking about just sin, although some of us would sin. I think just stuff. We're, 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 we're not living on a spiritual adventure. Now, we have an adventure in business. We have an adventure in our family. We have an adventure in what we like to do and travel and see the world. But yet, spiritually speaking, that's where we're at today. This is all spiritually uh, motivated. I would just say that many of us are not living on any kind of spiritual adventure whatsoever. There is a joy and a peace that comes from answering the call of God. And when was the last time you felt that adventure? When was the last time you knew that you were in the center of God's purpose for your life? The angel said to the shepherds, and I really believe he's saying to us, the Lord, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of, of giving your life to me, salvation. Don't be afraid. I'm almost done. I've got, I've got, I know. Somebody, somebody's keeping time. Go, John. I'm on time too, by the way. If you're watching, somebody, somebody's alarm went off. You say yes to that salvation, but you also say yes to the, the action, and you take some steps to say, yeah, I'm going to get further in. I'm not going to stay on the sidelines. I'm going to get further in. And then you just go to that adventure. It's, here it is. Let me just put it on the screen. Salvation, action, adventure. Guys, which one is it that God is speaking to you right now today? Is it salvation? Are you hearing you're not a believer? Can I just ask you, what are you waiting for? Today's the day of salvation. He loves you. He's inviting. He's not mad at you. He's inviting you to a journey. He's, in, he's revealing himself to you. And if you don't know it, if you don't sense it, you don't feel it, that's fine. But some of you that are not yet believers, it's, I mean, it's right there and you're going, he's, he's talking to me. It's not me, it's him. And he's calling you and he's saying, hey, I've got, I've got something more for you. Now maybe you're already a believer, but man, you're on the sidelines you are on the sidelines looking in. Life has derailed you for whatever reason. Today, you need to take a step. You need to take action. And many of us, man, we're, we're, we're trying. We're taking steps, but we're not even close to an adventure because you're just afraid of too much. I don't want to get too involved. I might get hurt again. I don't want to get too involved. I'm, I might not be worthy. Guys, let the fear go. As the angel said to the shepherds, and as I believe the Lord is saying to you and to me, don't be afraid. God is good. God is good. And his plans are good. Don't be afraid. Lord, <clears throat> help us not to be afraid. It's easier said than done. I know it's easy for me to say. But I really, I, I hope that this is not a movie that we can just keep cooking and keep working because we've seen it so many times. God, I pray that this one is, is gonna be like, okay, this story really is real and it's, and it's relevant to me. These ordinary shepherds and my ordinary life have a connection. 
and there's fear involved or there's peace involved. Help us, Lord, to choose peace. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to Hope's Weekend Message. Visit hopefellowship.net and further connect with us by downloading the Hope app from the App Store or Google Play. Have a great day.